Christianity with just this, that, that Christ just wants to give people a blessing. That's the point. And uh, we're not the, the mean people that sometimes they see on the news, or uh, not, at least not all of us, are, are the mean, judgmental people that are portrayed. How was your week? You well, had a weird week. I had a, an uncomfortable week. I'm not going to go into it. No. It's related to my mom. Oh, so you know it's uncomfortable. <laughs> it was a roller coaster, but it got better at the end. Yeah. Yeah, that's a fair way. We, we thought she, we were going to lose her this week, but, but we didn't. Um, so that's positive. But she's still who she is, so there's that. <laughs> I love you, Mom. She doesn't watch this. <laughs> Loving and liking are not always the same thing. It's right. true. So, anyways. Hey, Jesse, do you have some announcements for us? Jesse is doing something. That's fine. So, Dawson, why don't you flip for that? We have a ladies' lunch here right after church. Um, we're going to be heading over to Filbert's. Um, there is still, if you want to come, there is plenty of time. Plenty of, you can sign up for that. Uh, oh, Jesse's coming. You're coming, all right. So um, while she's doing that, uh, I'm gonna do a. <laughs> Little song and dance. All right, there you go. That's Jesse's theme song. I just made that up. <laughs> Thank you. That was awesome, ladies. We have spots for you to come eat lunch with us. If you want to come, please come. I might bug you to the point of you coming, but that's okay. Um, and if you are wanting to go, but Financially, it's a little tight right now. Come chat with me. We'll make sure you get there. So yay. And right after church, our, our thing is for noon. So we just got to head on over. And we can carpool from here if you want to. So yay. And campfire night. Next Saturday, we are hosting a campfire here at church. What that means, we are going to have dinner together. We are providing hamburgers and hot dogs. Yes, and awesome. music. <laughs> we can't eat music. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to provide hamburgers and hot dogs. Sorry. Okay. okay. Uh, hamburgers, hot dogs, bring a side to share. And then our dessert is s'mores, which we're going to provide as well. This is a fantastic opportunity to invite your neighbors, invite your friends, invite your kids, invite my siblings. They're not watching, but they could. Um, so, yeah, it's, that's all this is. It's a really casual, fun event. We hope you come. If you have any questions, talk to me or Brian or Jeff. Don't ask me. I yeah, have no say. idea. Nope. <laughs> yeah. It starts at 5. It doesn't say that. It starts at 5.04. Exactly. So 5.04, you can come eat some food. Right. Um, so, yeah, we'll have dinner. Start here at 5. Hang out for a little while. Um, when it gets a little later in the evening, Dan's going to play some music for us. Um, Did he already confirm that? <laughs> no, he did now, sucker. I'm even go out on a ledge and say, if you have a song you want him to play, let him know. <laughs> that doesn't mean you're going to get it. <laughs> but you might. I don't know. He's amazing. He can play anything. So anyways, um, that's all of our announcements, right, John? Uh, John. Dawson. <laughs> That's my name. Don't wear it out, right? Okay, so we are, we are still in Ephesians today, and we are, t we're, we're in chap beginning chapter 4, and it's all about um, a lot of this section, but particularly the first part of it is about unity, and um, we, 
it could be overstated, the unity, the necessariness of the unity of the church might be overstated, but it's hard to. It's really important. Um, so much so that Jesus prayed. It's one of the few things that Jesus prayed for specifically, and it is the emphasis here. Whether it's globally, it is definitely a, a criticism of the Christian church is that there's all these different denominations, but we've all probably seen the devastation even at just at a local level, how a church split can just devastate a church. And this church in the past has, has experienced that. And so it's, a, it's an important issue, and, and Paul is going to address that and, uh, and give us some, some, some things that we need to be cognizant of, thinking about, that need to be present to help make sure that doesn't happen. So that's kind of what we're talking about. And it's very unappealing to, to the outside to go into a church and, and seeing them fighting. It's like, it's like hearing your parents argue, why do I want to be a part of something where they're fighting? No. And they, even if they don't hear anything, they know when there's tension, don't they? Yeah, you can just walk into a room and go, no, 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 I'm leaving. So this is a serious issue. The peace in the church matters. Okay? Let's pray. Father, thank you for the, for the opportunity to be in this room and for the blessing of the people here. Thank you for the people who are here online, whether they're joining us in, in, in Ohio or Texas or Australia, all the different places around the world that gets to join us. What a blessing it is for us to, to be able to serve them. And I pray you'd bless them wherever they are. Um, help us all here to, to, to know that you're with us. Help us to be honoring of you in terms of how we, we worship, how we serve you. Maybe, maybe we be engaged mentally, physically, emotionally in, in bringing you the glory you deserve. Thank you, Jesus. Father, this morning, help us to um, acknowledge and embrace our inherent imperfection, our flaws, not, not because we don't wish to do better, but because they point to you. And that in acknowledging we don't have it figured out, acknowledging that we make mistakes, um, that we stumble, it's not to beat ourselves down, it's to look to you and go, yep, we need you. Fill in those cracks, Father. Thank you, Lord. Stand as you're able. desperation but all we know is doubt and fear there is only one foundation we believe we believe in this broken generation dark you help us see there is only one salvation we believe we believe we believe in God the Father 
Take a seat and we'll pray. Father, I I love the idea that our faith is more than just us singing, that worship is more than just 20 minutes on a Sunday when we play music. Um, It's when we wake up and we look outside and we're grateful for rain. It's on a walk and, and, and seeing your world. It's, um, it's a smile from a person that we don't know. Father, you just, you remind us that you are around us, that you are all around us. And that is when we worship and acknowledge you in the difficult and the positive. Lord, and, and that surround you surrounding us Lord we know that there's this promise that we are we're hanging on because we believe it that when we're done with the tough stuff down here on this plane that we get to be in your 
presence for eternity. And with all those people that we miss so dearly, that um, we wake up longing to see, our faith tells us that they're already there celebrating with you. So allow that confidence to lead us in this world, that we would lead in love and um, just on that, the, the beautiful foundation of certainty. Thank you, Father. All right. Please stand for the reading of the Word of God. Um, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 6. Therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with one another, making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit binding yourselves together with peace for there is one body and there is one spirit just as you've been called to one glorious hope there is one lord there is one faith one baptism and one god and father who is over all and in all living through all amen you may be seated Lord Jesus, as we, uh, we come to this moment, um, help us to hear and understand what your word says, that we might be molded by it and shaped by it. Give us humility today. Help us to grow in humility. Help us to grow in patience. Help us to grow in gentleness today. Prick our hearts on the ways and the places where, where we're deficient in these things. Help us to be convinced to be eager to keep the bond of unity in the Spirit. Help us to focus, Jesus, more and more on, on the key things of our faith. The one body, the one faith, the one hope, the one Lord and Savior of us all, the one Father who is over all, that there's one God, that the things that bind us together. Help us to hear that, Jesus. Holy Spirit, work through me in all of our lives. As I always say, Lord, use this, this frail, faulty, sinful man for your glory. Whatever is from me, help us to not hear it. But whatever is from you, Jesus, I beg you, work through us. Work in us. Make that clear and shape our hearts. In Jesus' name. As I, started, as I said earlier, um, unity is a big deal. In Jesus' prayer in, in John 17, this is, what he, this is one of the, the things he prayed. It's not a, it, well, it is a long prayer but, for the Bible, but it's really not that long of a prayer. But in it, this is one of the things he prayed. He prayed, may the, they all, as all Christians, be one. They may be unified. Why? So that the world may believe that you sent me. He prayed for unity. Because he knows what that does. Unity matters. 
But we all know it happens all the time where churches split, there's dissensions, people get grumpy, they leave, there's all these different de denominations. In some of them, there, there, there's legitimate disagreements, but frankly, a lot of it's just because people don't get along. And it was an issue not just then, not just today, but it's back then too. And so Paul needs to address it. In fact, actually what he has done um, in, this, in, in the, the lead up to this moment, a lot of what he's been talking about in chapters th 2 and 3 is about the unity of the church. So when we, when we get to this, this part here where he's talking about there is one body and one spirit just as you are called to one hope, this is what he has been saying. That there's one body, there's, there's not Jew and Gentile, they're, they're together, unified in the Spirit. There's one family. We're all in Jesus. There's one hope. There's not one hope for, for, for Jews and one hope for Gentiles. There's not one hope for Hispanics and another one for blacks. There's not one hope for rich and another one for poor. There, the, there's one hope. One hope. What glorious hope of being with Jesus, with the Father for eternity, and experiencing the glorious inheritance he's given us. This is what he has been talking about. He, that there is one Lord, Jesus Christ. We all are trusting in the one guy. We all know that we need to be saved by grace through faith. That it's not from ourselves, it is a gift of God. That there's one single way, one narrow door. There's not lots of doors. There's not lots of, there's not a broad path. There's a single narrow gate. It's, it's one person wide, Jesus. It's extremely both exclusive and inclusive. Inclusive in that it doesn't matter what your, what your age is, it doesn't matter what your economic status is, it doesn't matter what your culture is, it doesn't matter whether your, 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 your skin color is, none of that matters. It's, do you have faith in Jesus? If so, there's one Father for all of us. There's one family. This is what he's been talking about. That's overall, he is the Lord of heaven and earth. That he's in all of us. That he's working through all of us to his own glory. Because these are the fundamentals of the faith. It's what he's been talking about. You know? That our unity as Christians that should be there's one body, one spirit, one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one Father of all. Notice what's not there. Look what's not there. A lot of stuff that we Christians argue about. Whether it's stupid stuff like carpet. Church splits happen over carpet. Paint. But even, there's a lot of political issues, if I may be so blunt, 
that we fight over. That if we would go, okay, yeah, but what, what can we agree on? Okay? There's a lot to agree on. Now, it doesn't mean that you don't have good, vigorous discussions. There are things worth discussing. There's worth, things worth having even vigorous debates on. But there's a whole lot of stuff that's like, that's your opinion, that's my opinion, let's, let's, let's just love Jesus together and try and continue to walk with Jesus. Okay? There's a lot of that. We put way too many things, way too many things, in the, in the to die and divide over versus let's just debate it and, and decide for yourself. Okay? Some people put all of them in the, eh, do whatever you want. There's, there's nothing to divide over. There's nothing to die over. There's nothing to debate over. And then there's some of us who put everything in the debate and die over. It's like, okay. What's worth dividing over? There's no, it's the critical stuff in the faith. The Apostles' Creed, it is the oldest creed in the Christian church. It's actually based on the old Roman. There's, a, there's an even older one, that, that, which is what this is, but it's really close to the Apostles' Creed. We sang that just a moment ago, most of it. Let me read, read it again. This is something that Christians all over the world will agree with. Whether they're Catholic or Arminian, whether they're, they're, they're Coptic Christians in Egypt, whether they're the Eastern Orthodox, whether they're Pentecostal, whether they're, they're, they're Nazarene, Lutheran, that I believe in God the Father. There's one God, the Father of Jesus Christ, who is the Almighty the creator of heaven and earth, and that Jesus Christ is his only son who was born from the Virgin Mary, Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, that really happened to a real human being named Mary in the, in the city of Nazareth. This really occurred. It was an immaculate conception who, under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, buried, on the third day, rose from the dead. There was an actual resurrection. This is not a, a, this is not a myth. This is not a, a, a story. It actually occurred. He died and was resurrected on the third day. That he ascended into heaven, that he is sitting at the right hand of God the Father as the Lord of heaven and earth, and he's coming back to judge the living and the dead. The Holy Spirit is in us. There's a holy church. There is a universal church. The forgiveness of sins. There's going to be a resurrection. Physical resurrection. And then there's going to be eternal life. It's going to be amazing. Now notice what's not in there that we debate over. We divide over so much, guys. Now, we can have conflict. We can have debate, but what should bring us together? This stuff. Which is why Paul says in the previous verse, make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit. Because he knows that in this congregation, you've got, Christ, you've got Christians who are Jews, you have Christians who are who are 
Gentiles. You go to places like Corinthians and you have people, I, I follow Apollo, I follow Timothy, I follow all these different people. And he's like, just stop arguing, guys. <laughs> it's fine to have debates, but unity matters. Keep yourselves united. And notice that there are realities we are united. But you got to keep it. <laughs> right? Whether you, whether you split from somebody else or not, okay, let's say you have. You're still, they're still your brother. They're still part of the body of Christ, whether you like them or not. But that doesn't mean you're experiencing, you're living in unity now. And this is what Paul is getting at. Live in unity. How do you live in unity? Well, the first thing is it takes effort. <laughs> it takes effort. You got to want it. You got to want it. Got to want it. It takes effort. It takes a conscious intentionality. Which brings me to, to the simple question, what brings unity? And that if we look at the basic sentence of this whole, whole section, it's, I beg you to walk in a certain manner, that is, to be eager to keep the unity of faith. So he's going to explain some things about how do you walk in a certain way to keep the, the unity of the Spirit. And you need to be wanting to keep the unity of the Spirit. And why? Because of all of the things that we do have together. One Lord, one, power, one Spirit, and all of the, the ones. And verses 4, 5, and 6. That's the basic store point. But as we look here, it's like the first things are you need to be completely gentle and humble. And then the other one is being patient, bearing with one another in love. Or loving forbearance. It, or if to, you, to use a word that what I mean as it used to mean... Be tolerant of each other. That is, and we could start with it with patient and, 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 and tolerant. That is, bearing with one, one, one another. Now, patience is pretty straightforward. Patience and, and tolerance are pretty straightforward ones. When we look at patience, let's let the Bible define what it means. So we read here in, in Romans 9, and we're going to see what, it, what, 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 what the Bible means when they use that word patience. Let's read this and see if it describes how it's being used. What if God, although choosing to show his wrath and make his power known, so he's angry at something, rightly so, of course, because he's God. He, it's not that he doesn't want to do that, but instead he bears with great patience people, objects of wrath. And so we can see what patience is. Someone has offended you, has done something actually wrong, but instead of instantly reacting, snapping at them, you delay. You wait. It's, it's anger, as one has described it, drawn out. You wait. And, it, and I could pull up other verses to help you Fill out the idea of 
Because sometimes you need to wait because you're wrong and you think they're wrong. Because <laughs> it gives you a moment to realize after you, because in that moment when there's conflict and you get all huffy, like, I know I'm right. And then five minutes later you go, ooh, no, I wasn't. Right? And if you, if you, if you don't instantly react to that provoking thing, you can maybe realize that. The other one is, is that if you're patient, you're giving them the space to go, oh, I was wrong. And then instead of snapping at them, you can go, they, you, you give them the chance to come to you and say, I'm sorry, I was out of line. Okay. But that doesn't happen if you're not patient when somebody does something wrong to you. You need to be patient. When there's conflict in the church and someone does something that's actually wrong, and by the way, I didn't say this, but hey, we can talk all day long about church as a whole over around the world that's out of, out of conflict, not in unity, but let's talk about just here, right? Because this is practical. We can deal with this. So if somebody in this church does something that's actually offensive to you, what your initial response should not be to snap at them. And that works in a marriage, by the way, too, or in a family. Patience doesn't mean that you think they're right, at least initially. It means you're going to give them space so you can have a little bit more calm response and you can give them space to maybe repent. Patience. Now, the same thing with with, with, with tolerance, I said tolerance, but what I mean by that, as we're going to see here, this, this word is used like this. You gladly, mm, there we go, you gladly bear or put up with fools since you're so wise. Now, <laughs> now yes, he's being a snarky here, but the, the point of how is it used? It's the idea of someone is doing something that you know is wrong, but you just kind of, you let it slide. Tolerance in the sense of not accepting what they do is right, but it's like, I'm not going to attack them, not going to snap at them, I'm not going to even judge them for it. It's just kind of, <sighs> you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of a little child yanking on a dog's tail, and the dog puts up with it. <laughs> That's tolerance. It's not sin, necessarily. Sometimes tolerance is just, okay, they're annoying. They're just annoying. They do something annoying, and you just got to live with it. You just put up with it. We're all weird. There's, there's some famous quotes from psychiatrists that says, everybody's weird, everybody's normal until you get to know them. And then you realize everybody's weird. There's, everybody's got quirks. Everybody has things that are annoying. Everybody does. It's which ones are annoying to you. I can guarantee there's things in everybody's life that's annoying to somebody. Tolerance has to do with 
They're going to be annoying. They're going to do something foolish. And there is a difference, dear people, between foolish and sinful. We're going to talk about sinful in a moment. Foolish is just like, well, that's not the best way to go about it. Okay? It's probably not a great idea to go about things the way you're going to go. Let them be foolish. Yeah, maybe they, if they're open to it, you can give them feedback. We're going to talk about that in a moment. But maybe you just let it be. There's a difference between sinful and foolish. Tolerate each other. Let them be wrong. But as he says here, or here, it's very close to forgiveness. Colossians 1, 3, 13. Bear with, a, with one another, same word, forgiving each other. If you have a grievance, not that they've sinned, but you have a grievance, there's difference. But you need to just forgive them sometimes. You don't have to have them say, I'm sorry for you to forgive them. You could just say, I forgive you. Do you think Jesus needs you to say, I'm sorry for every single sin you've ever sinned before he'll forgive you of it? News, you don't confess every sin. You, have, you do a lot more sin than you think you do. And Jesus says, okay, I'm just going to forgive you that. And let's move on. Now, the ones he points out, you need to, you, it's because he's trying to help you grow. And you need, to, you need to realize that and repent. Yes. But the amount of times that we sin, that God just doesn't whack us over the head with it, is a lot. And he just forgives. And when, with the right time, as we're going to say, there are times to do it. Bear with one another. In fact, he's very close to this. Love covers over a multitude of sins. First Peter. Sometimes you just need to just cover over their sin and move on. And this is not to accept it. Okay. It is not your job to be the Holy Spirit in everybody's life. That's, that's the Spirit's job. When the Spirit prompts you to say something, fine. Again, we're going to say how to say that in a moment. But your job is not to point out every single sin in everybody's life. It's not your job. Only when he tells you to do it. So, but let's move on to the next two. Because this has to deal a lot more with being wrong yourself. And how do you correct people? Humility, let's give a couple of options here. One, humility, Philippians chapter 2 talks about do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. So that's one side of the equation. The opposite is humility, which is thinking about others. Not looking to your own interests, but to the interests of others. So humility is not all about yourself. Humility isn't about thinking, I'm, I got it. I know what I'm doing. There's a valuing other people's opinions. There's a valuing of what they think as well as what you think. So we go to another one here. I love this one. 
My favorite story of Jesus, I don't even know if it's for sure a parable. It might just be a story he's telling you about a real event. Where the tax collector and sinner go up to the temple. And, he, and I just, here's the last piece of it, where, where the tax collector stood at a distance, wouldn't even look up into heaven, but instead beats his breast and says, God have mercy on me, a sinner. And then he says, this man went home justified before God. Why? Because those who humble themselves, exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. He's saying the tax collector is humble. And what, it, what do we see with this? It's, he sees himself accurately. He knows what he's, his faults. He's not trying to hide them. He knows he's sinful. Unlike the, unlike the, the, the Pharisee right before that, who is oblivious to their faults. This is what pride does. It makes you not able to see your faults, your, your, your weaknesses. And whether that's sin or whether that is you think you're right in an argument, you don't see that maybe you're wrong. Could you be wrong? Yes. That's the problem with pride. You don't think you have it. Because it blinds you to the fact that you have it. That's exactly what it does. So many arguments in the church come from people who think they're absolutely right and the person they're talking to can't be right. That there's nothing they can learn from each other. Even if you think you're right, what about going into a conversation and say, well, what nuance do I need to hear from their side? Maybe I need to hear a little bit where, why do they get to that thing? Is there something there that I need to hear in this? Because God's brought me here, and he rarely does one thing at a time. Maybe, maybe I need to hear something. Or maybe, this, you know, arrogance is coming into a conversation with a, I know I'm right, and God's put me in, my, in this person's life for the purpose of instructing them. How arrogant. Maybe it's the other way around. Maybe that person was brought into your life to instruct you. Right? Is that not possible? Do you see how, how pride will make it not even a, an option that they are put in this, in this life, in this position to tell you something? Humility. Oh, so many fights happen because of lack of humility. <laughs> Again, whether it's in the church or your marriage, arrogance, a lack of humility. <sighs> Guys, humility. Even if you are right, but maybe you're not. But let's say you are, and, you, and even after listening to them, and you, maybe you've, you've got some nuances here, maybe you have some insights into where they're at, but you're still like, okay, but I still think I'm right. How do you, how do you respond to them? How do you help them see their error? With 
gentleness. Gentleness. What is gentleness? Uh, i got to get to the right place here. There we go. This is Paul talking to the Corinthians who are doing some really dumb, actually even sinful things. And he says, what do, you, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to come to you with a rod of discipline or with a gentle spirit? Do you notice the contrast? There's gentleness versus coming in with a, in our, in our terminology, a sledgehammer. Now, gentleness doesn't mean that you just don't do anything. And it's not an either or. It's a spectrum. It's, if I may put it this way, gentleness is you use just the right amount of firmness. For someone who's really humble and really open to hearing from you, you can be really gentle. Now, somebody with pride, you may have to tick up that gentleness quite a bit, right? <laughs> because they, some people, it takes a sledgehammer to get through to them. But maybe start more gentle than you think you need to be. This is what gentleness is. Or here, this is how Paul treated people. Instead, Paul, he said, I, I, we, are like young you, we were like young children among you, just as a nursing mother cares for her children. See, this is what, this, this is what, this is what gentleness is. It, the picture is like either a, a slow-moving river, a lot of power there, but it's gentle, or a mother with her child. Now, sometimes she needs to force the child to do something, but it's never harsh, is it? Rarely do you ever need to be harsh in a conversation. Firm, but not, 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 not harsh. Be gentle. And to only to the degree you need to be. When you're trying to help people see that there's something you need to get better at. And so this is why Paul is like, is he, is he's talking about opponents need to be gently, this is Paul talking to Timothy, they need to be gently instructed. Gently. You know what gentle isn't? It's yelling at them. Screaming at them. That's not Gentle. By the way, that's why you should be patient. Because we, so often we get all worked up <laughs> and you want to instruct them loudly. <laughs> no! <laughs> that doesn't help. People don't want to hear harsh criticism. They won't take it. Instead, God may grant them repentance leading to the knowledge of the truth. All of this, don't misunderstand what I'm saying, whether it's sin or it's doctrine or whatever it is, that you just simply ignore error. It's about being wise about when do you bring it up and when don't you. When do you need to help them see something different? Because that's a wisdom thing. Not everybody is ready to hear everything all at once. Do you think you were ready to hear all of the sin in your life the moment you came to know Jesus? <laughs> if he let it all out right then, you would just be undone. So he does it a little at a time over the years when you're ready. 
And same thing with teaching. Do you think a six-year-old can understand everything a senior in high school can get? No, no, no. You need to do it at the right time and right pace. There's wisdom in that. And so he comes to the end. So these are the things that keep unity. And then not having these things is what causes disunity. Because I was asking myself this simple question. Why, why does he pick these? Why doesn't he pick faithfulness? Because faithfulness, as important as it is, is not what contributes to disunity in a church. Gentleness and humility, if you don't have that, that's going to give you arguments and fights. Not being patient with each other when they're doing something wrong. When they're not doing it the way you think it should be done. That is what's going to, that's what's going to cause a fight. So let's make every effort to keep the spirit. Let's make every effort for people who are foolish, who are wrong, who are sinful, and who are just simply annoying. Whether that's your spouse or your children or someone on a different political divide. Okay? Let's, 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 let's do better. Our country is really, really messed up. Right? And we Christians aren't that much different in how we respond to people. We need to do better. And then, as Jesus put it, the world may, will know that we're, there's something different about you Christians. There's a solution to the discord in our country because you Christians have somehow figured out how to get along with people who don't agree with. There's a unity. There's a power in unity, both in its testimony, but also actually in getting things done. This matters. So today, I don't know what it is that you needed to hear, whether it's humility or gentleness, patience, tolerance, or just eagerness to be maintaining the unity of the Spirit. What is it I need, to, I need you to think about? What is it that you need to hear? What is it you need to work on? Because we all got something, right? Because none of us are like Jesus yet, right? Okay? So one or multiple ones of these we all can get better at. Which is it for you? Which is the one that spirit is today going, that's it? And if you're really not sure, ask your spouse. <laughs> ask somebody near you that really knows you. They know what it is. In fact, I would encourage you to ask them anyhow. Because maybe it's something that you don't think you have a problem with, but you do. Especially the humble one. You might think you're humble, but maybe you're not. It's hard to see it when you have, a, when you have pride. And if you ask them, they could help you keep you accountable and help you grow. Okay? Let's pray. Lord, I want to pray that both now and through the rest of this service um, that you would help us to hear your voice in, in where we need to get better at in terms 
of, of being more like you on these issues, these specific four or five uh, fruits of the Spirit. <sighs> May this church be unified. May it be, continue to grow and be more and more like you, Jesus. Thank you that over the years you've made us more and more like you, that, that we have grown in our Christ-likeness, and I, I, I thank you for that. We acknowledge the, the blessing that that has come, and we, but we, we want to be more, that we might be a beacon more and more to the community, that we might be able to communicate more, because you know and we know that when a church is, is, has infighting, they, 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 they just can't think about the outside world. Like a sick person can't think about anything other than being sick when they're sick. So Lord, protect this, this, this church from disunity. Protect us from infighting and cliques and criticism and negativism. It just, Lord, give, us, give this church humility. Give this church um, gentleness. And when we correct people, give this church patience with another and know when to tolerate and just put up with each other as, a, as every family does. Forgiving each other and moving forward. To your glory, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Go ahead and stand or just adopt a posture of worship that's meaningful to you. I thought of a song, Dan, for you to think about for the camp out. You probably recognize it. I'm just going to sing a little bit. If you guys know it, join in. We won't sing the whole song. Oh, Lord, it's hard to be humble. <laughs> perfect in every way. I can't wait to look in the mirror. People online are going, what are we watching? Do you remember that song? Little Mac Davis? All right. <laughs> Sorry, I had to do that. Loved, I love the message because um, I think we, in our house we call them growing edges mm. and we share them with one another. Here's the things that I'd like to be working on now because that's where I need to grow. Um, and at the point where like, I think I got it figured out, this probably means that humility is uh, a growing edge for you. <laughs> uh, I know it tends to be for me. left his microphone on if you wouldn't think about muting him. Oh, kneel me down again here at your feet. Show me how much you love humility. Oh, Spirit, be the star that leads me to God of the broken, friend of the weak, you wash the feet of the weary, embrace the ones in need, I want to be like you, Jesus, to have this heart in me, you 
your feet washed like um, I attended a church during Easter where we'd get our feet washed um, if you ever wash somebody's feet there's something obviously very humble about that which is why Christ did it if you've ever had your feet washed it's kind of uncomfortable because it takes a certain amount of humility to allow people to care for you in such frankly an intimate way and so as we think about humility, it's not just in like lowering yourself, it's also allowing yourself to be weak and to be served, especially when you're not in a good space to be serving, where you should allow yourself to be served. We get really unhealthy when we serve and we don't allow ourselves to be taken care of. So just, just a thought. In evil long I took delight, unawed by shame or guilt. My soul as cold as black as night, my heart so unfulfilled. Until I saw him on the cross in agony and blood, I knew his pain, his death, his loss were evidence of love his broken flesh his lowly state I never will forget 
This humbling truth I can't escape I sentenced him to death My sin, the crime that led him there My punishment he bore But by his wounds my life was spared And freed forevermore Praise the one who climbed the hill And stormed the very gates of hell When to war with death itself To win my soul Praise the one who climbed the hill And stormed the very gates of hell When to war with death itself And sin no longer rules my heart, it has no hold or sway, for Christ controls my every part and guides me in his way. I'm free, I'm free, I will proclaim, awakened by his love, my life, my all for Jesus' name. There is no shepherd is whose goodness faileth never I nothing lack if I am his and he 
he's mine forever and he's mine forever where streams of living water flow my ransom soul he faileth never good shepherd may I sing your praise within your house forever within your house forever you may be seated I had one other thought as I was sitting there the eagerness to, to to, to maintain the spirit means that sometimes what you need to do is have the boldness to have an uncomfortable conversation. You know, and I don't think I highlighted that enough. That Sometimes you just need to let it go, but sometimes you need to have those hard conversations, and that's when you need to have the humility and you need to bring in the gentleness because sometimes keeping the peace means not keeping the peace if you know what I mean. 
you don't know what I mean, come ask, ask me. But those of you who, like me, in my life, my family was always all about keep the peace at all costs. And that's not always good. So sometimes being eager to maintain the spirit means you've got to be bold when you don't want to be bold. Some of us need to be the opposite and you need to be, you know, dial it back because you're too eager for conflict. But others of us, you, you, you need to have those conversations. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I need your forgiveness. I need your forgiveness because there's been lots of times where I've not been gentle. Where I've not been humble. when I've not been bold to deal with issues that I know I need to. And the result is hurt and conflict grows. And so Jesus, thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for pointing that stuff out, opening my eyes to see, help me to be different. Help us all to be better. So thank you for your forgiveness again. The forgiveness that was bought 2,000 years ago when on the night that you were betrayed, you took bread and you said, this is my body given for you. And you went to the cross and you were crushed for my transgressions, for all of our transgressions. You were bruised for our iniquities. Lord, we need that healing. We need that healing in our own hearts. We need that healing in our, in our world. We need that healing in our relationships. In the same way, after supper, you took the cup and you said, this is the cup of the new covenant. Poured out for the forgiveness of our sins, our trespasses, our iniquities, our, our failings. Thank you for that hope. One day there will be a day where we won't be sinning and hurting each other. For the healing will be done. So Lord, I pray that people would come to the table now with the awareness of their sin, awareness of their need for you, and as they come forward, be in their hearts saying, Jesus, this, this is my declaration that I need you that I need your forgiveness, and I know that in you, Jesus, I can be right with the Father. Thank you for, for your hope. The eternal, amazing, glorious hope you've purchased for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Come to the table. strangers still I love you love you more than your mask 
trust this to be true And I know that's much too ask But lay down your fears Come and join this feast He has called us here You and me so may peace rain down from heaven like little pieces of the sky little keepers of the promise falling on these souls this drought is dried in his blood and in his body in this bread and in this wine peace to you of Christ to you Though I love you we're still strangers Prisoners in these lonely hearts Though our blindness separates us Till his light shines in the dark And his outstretched arms Are still strong enough to reach Behind these prison bars To set us free So may peace rain down from heaven Like little pieces of the sky Little keepers of the promise Falling on these souls This drought has dried In his blood and in his body This bread and in this wine Peace to you Peace of Christ to you Body and blood of Christ. What? Yeah. Body and blood of Christ given for you. Again, thank you, Lord Jesus, for your forgiveness. Thank you. Help us to, 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 to heed your conviction and to grow into being more like you. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for coming today. God bless.